Hey everyone, as with all the Cave Comedy Radio shows, we're trying to get some sponsors for Sex and Other Human Activities, so if you want to help us out, go to surveymonkey.com slash s slash human activities. Take a short survey. It'd really help us out. That's surveymonkey.com slash s slash human activities. Take a quick survey, and we thank you. The advice given on Sex and Other Human Activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. <laughs> Cool! Maybe turn it down a little bit. Cool? Hey, yeah, man, we're cool. We just can't find a better man. Sweet <laughs> oh, dreams and country dreams and real. I just hate... I have so, it's so awful. It's like I walk through a place, and if I know the song, it will be in my head for the rest of the day. I know what, that's not a unique thing. I know it happens to everybody. Yeah, but you definitely take it to the next level by singing it for the rest of the day. I have to. Because this is the second uh, podcast that we've recorded in a row, page seven being yesterday. Page seven, you came in singing, Thunder Road. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, you know, it's just I like the songs. Yeah. Today's song, not as much as yesterday's song. No. Um, uh, but you know, I just gotta, I got, I gotta feel it. You gotta feel I it. I gotta get it out of my body. You gotta be you. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that the whole thing? It's like if you have a song stuck in your head, you're supposed to listen to the song, and yeah. then it gets out of your head. Which I don't understand the uh, logic or the science behind the earworm thing. Mm-mm. In fact, I think there was a, a Reddit uh, thread that was like. Like explain like I'm five uh, about earworms, mm-hmm. which is basically just having something, a song or a ditty stuck in your head. And uh, someone explained it in layman's terms. I still didn't fucking understand it. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, explain it like I'm three. <laughs> maybe I'm two. I don't know. Well, welcome to Sex and the <laughs> Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, yes. I'm, I am Marcus Parks. I am Jackie Zabrowski. And you know what I've been thinking about lately? <laughs> what? Ed Gein. Well, it doesn't surprise me because there's a huge <laughs> book of Ed Gein on the uh, desk, and Ed Gein is staring at me, so he will be looking at me for the remainder of this. Actually, podcast. that's one of two books that I'm taking research <sighs> from this week for our last podcast on the left, which is, of course, the other show that I do with your brother, mm. Henry. Uh, and Ed Gein has been one that I've been fascinated with for a long time because Ed Gein is more about the psychology than he is about the killings. Like, he's much more about how a bad relationship with a mother and extreme isolation and not in nobody noticing anything being wrong can completely fuck you up in the worst ways so imaginable. So it's, it's a little psycho? Uh, psycho is what Edgeen was based or uh, uh, Edgeen or Psycho was based on Edgeen. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or inspired by Edgeen. Okay, See, cool. A very, very quick overview. Uh, he was a lonely guy in Wisconsin in the 50s, horribly domineering mother. Uh, he worshipped the ground she walked on while also deeply hating her subconsciously. Uh, eventually, he ended up killing two women. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was also loosely based on him, as was Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs because... He's got a lot of it, huh? Oh, yeah. He's, he's pretty one, cray? He's one of the most, uh, I would say he's one of the most influential characters in American pop culture history. He's the furniture. Yeah, 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 yeah. He makes the furniture. He makes all that. He made a, a chair out of women. The weirdest thing was he made a, a, a like, what do, you, what do you call it? The little string that you use to draw the drapes. Yeah. Uh, he made one of those out of uh, women's Hair. lips. 
Oh, and a lip. Yeah. <laughs> See, at least it's it's different and it's interesting. Yeah, the nipple belt is the most. Uh, oh. That's the most infamous thing. But he also made like a full suit uh, out of women's skin uh, that he harvested from corpses from three local cemeteries. Yikes. Size 16? <laughs> That's why I was always worried when I first watched Silence of the Lambs. Oh, she's, is she a big fat person? I was like, oh my God, <laughs> they want my skin. I have a big canvas. Oh God. But what really got me thinking about him the most is that, you know, all of the, the psychopathology and all that type of stuff and the actual killings themselves uh, will cover on, of course, last podcast on the left on next week's episode. But what really got me thinking, I guess, about myself is that I don't necessarily relate to to Ed Gein at all. The only thing I relate to him in that we both make things out of dead things. Sure. He liked to use meat. Like, bones weren't really his thing. And I don't use humans. So there are two very important differences. It's very important. I mean, I would say it's it's a loose, loose correlation. <laughs> very loose correlation, but a correlation nonetheless. But the person that I found myself really identifying with, and I sent this as a text to Henry as a joke, but the more I started thinking about it, the more it kind of rang true, is that Ed's only friends in the world were children, and in specifically one little kid. His last name was Hill. Uh, I think his first name was like Tim or something like that. I can't exactly remember. But specifically this one kid would hang out. He'd go over to Ed's house, and Ed would show him, strangely enough, he would show him like the heads of the women that he had dug up and tell him that they were shrunken heads that his cousin had picked up in the Philippines during the war. Uh, he's like, hey, check out these shrunken heads. This is genuine shrunken heads. And there, and the, of course, like this little kid brought one of his friends along one day, and the friend was understandably extremely disturbed about this. Yeah. But the kid was like, whoa, oh my God, that is so cool. I would have been that kid. That, <laughs> that would have been me. And in fact, it kind of was me when I was a kid. Like, I think I, I talked about it very, very briefly on a previous episode is that when I was growing up, I had a friend that was, you know, really, a, a, he worked with my dad and everything. Uh, and he was, you know, about middle aged, you know, late 30s, something like that. But for a few years when I was a kid, he was my best friend because he was a big kid himself like he was the one that showed me like all the mel brooks films monty python all that type of shit um and it kind of got me to thinking about the odd friends that we make throughout life uh the strange people that you'd never think in a million years you'd ever be close to but you somehow end up through one circumstance or another forming some sort of bond with this person and i'd imagine a lot of our listeners out there have had that at one point in their lives or are that person themselves that has formed that some that bond that odd friendship uh that you'd never think in a million years you'd find but ends up being it's kind of creepy but also shapes you in a way for sure i think that there are a lot of especially as you get older there are definitely uh weird friendships that you make that that influence you in different ways but i think that now especially in our generation even mark is telling me about some of the friends he had uh some of the older 
male friends he had when he was young makes me go wait a second yeah immediately you started you started give me like the look yeah like like, that like one eyebrow raise like what is that I never got molested. I know, but that's the problem, though, is that's the problem. If being yeah. a young person and having a friendship, a normal friendship with someone that is, a, like, a lot older than you or just even just a good amount older than you does raise an eyebrow in our generation. Like, it immediately is just like, why? Yeah. Why was he hanging out with you? Yeah. What did he want to do with you? And because we don't trust anybody anymore. Exactly. Because we've been in, we have been forced to not trust anybody anymore. But the problem is... Example A, Ed Gein. You know, it's like this kid was not in harm's way because it was one of his only friends, but how would you know? Yeah. And as, like, if you're not The old kid enough, was never in harm's way. He was only concerned with the bodies of middle-aged women. Yeah, Not little kid. boys, the, never little right. boys. But how do you know that, like, as a mother of a child that is in that kind of friendship? Mm-hmm. If you found out that, like, if I found out my son was going over to someone's house to go, quote-unquote, watch... You know, comedies. Yeah, I'd be like to watch Blazing Saddles. I'd say, why? No, you're not doing that. He can come over here. If he wants to come over here, he can come over here and sit, and I'll watch you guys watch the movie in the living room. But see, that's kind of weird. Yeah, of course like, it that's is. That's more weird. Like, because you can't trust anybody. <laughs> you can't trust anybody anymore. You but can sometimes. You can sometimes. Yeah. And I think it does rely, though, on you having your own, like, from a young age, having the instinct of... I don't feel safe in this situation. I need to get out of the situation, mm-hmm. which is something that is marred, especially as a child, by something that like going to watch Mel Brooks, Brooks movies where you're like, no, I'm just watching a Mel Brooks movie. Mm-hmm. And it like dulls your sensors of, wait, I shouldn't be doing this, that adults have because all adults are scared. Yeah. Especially of getting to know somebody that they don't know if they should be getting to know, which is interesting because I feel like you're more apt to have a weird friend when you're younger than you are as an adult. I don't think I've ever really grown out of that, honestly. Well, you're weird. <laughs> true, I, true. I had a weird. I had a weird friend in high school that I worked at a Joanne Fabrics with a bunch of older women, and there there was one that used clay and thimbles and things like that to make her own pipes, and she would invite me over every night after shifts and stuff to go sit in her garage and like yell at people as they walked by while we smoked weed out of her homemade pipes and she always wore a sunflower visor on her head even when she wasn't at work and it's like I was in her house I was hanging out my parents didn't know I was there yeah but that was key to me hanging out with this woman I hung out with her for like five summers in a row wow yeah and I, we would just hang out I don't really know too much about her. Yeah. I don't know about her as a person. We would just kind of sit in silence and smoke weed. And and it's like, but that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a weird and, thing I did. And I'll admit that that friendship, I mean, that guy admittedly ended up being a gigantic piece of shit. Yeah. And ended up fucking over our family for, and ended up being a part of the reason why the family, uh, a lot of bad shit happened to us specifically because of this man. He was a bad person, and he died last year? Year before last? Something like that. And I didn't feel... I felt weird about it, 
But I didn't feel any sort of emotion. Like, I didn't feel sad or anything like that. And I think I might have, like, forgotten about it later on that day. But that's also how my brain works. It just regularly flushes itself of anything bad whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is it (laughs) self-preservation? Yes, I believe it's (laughs) self-preservation. Unless it has to do with, like, actual interpersonal relationships, uh, then I will obsess over it for days and days and days. But anything bad, like, people ask me, it's like, God, what are your dreams like? Like, they have to be fucking awful. like... No, no. I mean, unless it has something to do with, like, me in particular. Like, last night I had a, one of the worst dreams I've ever had. I had a dream that I was dying in a hospital bed. And it was very real and very vivid. That's the sort of dreams that I have. I hope you weren't seeing the future. I really hope I'm not either. You haven't seen the future in the past in your dreams, all right? Yeah, I have. Mm, but it's <laughs> but it's well, small it's small things though. Okay. It's really small things. It, it it's like a bus going by and making a certain sound. Okay, it's it's just uh déjà vu. Déjà vu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say joie de vivre, but <laughs> maybe uh, I'm not international enough. <laughs> a joie de vivre, possibly a bon mot. I don't know that. Bon me, the sandwich? <laughs> That's Thai, Marcus. You fucker. I know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Such a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it is, it, it's just something kind of to, to think about, like, I, I guess, in social interactions, like how social interactions are. Uh, and the sorts of the friendships that we form. If anybody out there, uh, if any of the listeners out there have any sort of odd friendship that you've made throughout the year, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com because this is something that's kind of been uh, interesting uh, to me lately. Well, I think it's also interesting, like, as as an adult, I think part of, like, for instance, one of the things that I, I found so interesting about uh Doug, when I first met him, was that he was the kind of guy that would sit and ask somebody's story and, like, just talk to somebody and just find out about their lives. Just to, And it always weirded me out. I was like, why are you just talking to somebody? I don't understand why you're just... And he's like, because everyone has a different story. Yeah. And it's like watching a television show. It's like you're just, <laughs> like, stepping in, find out about this person, and then you step out. Mm-hmm. And And he's like, I just think it's an interesting way to, you know learn about life and learn about people and I was just like I like that yeah. I like that you do that I think that I was a lot more guarded as the child of a police officer who yeah. was very into his job that I was always guarded I was always scared of people I was always scared of anything happening to me because pretty much most of my weird friends usually ended up being bad yeah and but th- that was because it had to do with drugs. It was all drug related. So I think that probably has something to do with it. Oh I no, the, the weird th- friend that I had was just a sociopath. It's, yeah, he was just fucking crazy. Yeah. So I mean, I think it just depends on who it is and why you become friends with them. You know, I have had many of the same experiences as uh, Doug has as far as people telling me their stories, but they tell me whether I want to know or not. Yeah, well, that's what he had always found himself. Like, he had always found himself in that situation, which I think it tells something about you and, and Doug's personalities that there are a lot of people out there that are like that. I don't know if it's something about the vibe you give off. I don't know what it is that people just want to share with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it you know it's pretty fucking amazing. You hear some really awesome shit sometimes. Sometimes you get a very boring life story, but some yeah. you're like, oh man, I really stepped in it this time. I gotta go. <laughs> oh, you don't want me to go. All right, I'll stay right here. Okay. <laughs> uh, but sometimes you really do end up. Um, you really do end up hearing some really interesting stories, uh, but. I, you know what? I said earlier that I haven't grown out of that. I actually have grown out of that as far as like making friends with like the weird loner. Uh, because I, I don't know. I have found out ways to uh, protect myself and to kind of walk away or back off a little bit. Uh, because sometimes those people can be a little dangerous. I have had situations in the past where I have made friends with the oddball and then you kind of get that person sort of gets a look in their eye sometimes. That look in their eye where you think like this could turn violent really right, fast. Right now. Yeah, right now. If I say the wrong thing right now, this could turn very violent. So I'm going to back away yeah. just a little bit. Uh, so I guess the lesson that we learn here is um, watch out for the sociopaths. Listen uh, listen to your instincts. Yeah, listen to your instincts, definitely. Although, as a kid, I wouldn't have listened to a single one. Oh, no, of course not. No, I'm saying like as you get older, it is like a part of growing up. And it is a part of making those mistakes mm -hmm. and finding yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, I really shouldn't have trusted that guy and I don't know why I'm here. And that could mean anything in a lot of different situations where you just find yourself in a place that you don't want to be in and you don't know how to get out of it. And you're just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just actually listened to that weird uh, voice in the back of my head that I was just like, nah, it's going to be fine. <laughs> and sometimes uh, it is fine. Sometimes it's not fine. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it is fine. Sometimes you find yourself taking a risk and you find yourself being in a weird situation. You get a real good story out of it. But then sometimes you get into situations where you never want to talk about it ever again. Ever again. Yeah. I got a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder what happened to the 10-year-old kid that was best friends with Ed Gein. Oh, he grew up. It was just he just grew up. Yeah, and, and Ed Gein was all was a family friend. That's why he kind of got close to him, is because Gein would go over to that family's house and like have dinner. And in fact, the night that he was arrested uh, for uh, killing his second victim, uh, he was at that family's house eating pork chops, watching I Love Lucy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting that they watch television while having somebody over for dinner. Oh, no, it was after dinner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. they, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the pork chops first, and then after dinner, while digesting, Man. they watched uh, I Love Lucy. I could eat a pork chop. God, I love pork chops. <laughs> I love pork chops so much. It's one of my favorite things to eat. Now all I want is a pork chop. Well, we have to continue with the show. Okay, we have to continue with the show, and I'm not even, I got nowhere to even get a pork chop. Man, I got to work the rest of the day, and you then I got to rehearsal. I can get a pork chop tomorrow. You can get a pork chop tomorrow. There you go. Morning pork chop. Pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a morning chop. Ooh, put an egg on it. <sighs> See, there you go. Done. I just set up his morning, everybody. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to our letters let's for today. Let's do it. Uh, our first one, what are we going to call this dude? Sloppy Joe. <laughs> Sloppy Joe. Hey, Jackie and Marcus. I'm a podcast listener from the Seattle area, so you guys have made it across to the other side of the country. I've been listening to you guys for almost a year. I have a problem that I think is right down your alley, and I want you to have fun with it. 
I'm going to be serious. Uh-oh. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> so I want to... <laughs> so I want to give you a little background on my dad before I get into the problem. My dad is the type of man that worked hard his entire life, and because of some smart investments, he's well off, but in no way is he a filthy rich man. I would say he's comfortable in his, in his retirement. His one vice is he's always been the guy to date younger women. After his divorce from my w- mother, who was absent my entire life, he's been dating women between 21 and 29 years of age. This has been a huge bro- This has been a huge problem for my brother and sister, and they would let him know about it quite a bit. Well, recently he started dating women his own age, and thank God he made me a co-signer on most of his assets and investments. That way he can't sell anything without my signature. And recently this woman in her 60s has convinced my father that he needs to sell everything off and live with her and spend his money just taking care of her. The problem started with my father's accountant calling me to sign off on his completely selling everything out of the stock market, his house, his truck, and the boat his oldest brother left him when he died. So, of course, I refused and called him to see what was going on. When he told me what he was planning, I refused to let it happen, and I was able to convince him that this was not a smart idea because at the rate that his new girlfriend is spending his money, that if he backs out of the market and if he sold everything off, he would be broke in less than a year. FYI, this has never happened when he dated younger men. FYI, this has never happened when he dated younger women. He'd spend money on them, but not at this crazy rate or in this amount. So now, whenever I call him to let him know about upcoming birthdays for his grandkids or any family events happening, this woman starts yelling in the background that, quote, they don't have any money and I need to stop calling and asking for it. That's what she sounds like in my head. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, which I have never asked him for money. I just want him to be there for his family and to come see his grandkids in the occasional dinner. But the real reason I'm emailing is because I got a call from his lawyer wanting me to sign off on his new will. The change he's making is making her and her kids the sole beneficiaries of his estate and removing his blood grandkids from the will completely. Of course I refused. He called me furious telling me that I had no right to refuse this change and all I want is his money. When I will not benefit from him at all, the only the people that benefit are my kids and only if they graduate from high school and when they become 18. I calmly explained to him and told him I will not sign off on any changes till he gives me a rock-solid reason that his grandkids deserve to inherit nothing from him. What would you guys do? Thanks. Sloppy Joe. Sloppy Joe. P.S. Marcus, do you get annoyed that you introduce yourself on the show, but when people email in, they always put Jackie first? No, I don't, because it's alphabetical. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if people think that, but I mean, or like if that's the psychology behind it. Marcus and Jackie sounds, uh, Jackie and Marcus sounds much better. Yeah, I think it's also just the, uh, the consonants. Yeah, Jackie and Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, what? Man, this is it. This is fucking crazy. Of course, it never happened when he was dating twenty-one-year-olds because twenty-one-year-olds aren't that future-thinking. <laughs> no, of course. Like not. that's the thing. It's like you date an older woman. You date someone that's a lot smarter. She's mm-hmm. got forty years on these girls. She knows what she's fucking doing. Yeah, and she's been doing this for a long time. Sounds like she has done this before. Yeah, man. she knows exactly what she's fucking doing. Yeah, and why don't you start asking your dad about a couple things like? Ask him, it's like, so what were her past relationships like? Yeah. Like, what what was she, who was she with before she was with you? If she's told your dad any truth at all, which yeah. you might not have. 
Uh, but a quick Google search on this woman might help you out a little bit. Look into her. Yeah, look into her because she sounds like she's a pro. She sounds like a professional gold digger for both her and her grandkids. That is, or also like. Are you the same age as your kids? Probably fucking are. Could you find out who they are? Talk yeah. to them. My first instinct, though, in reading this, and I don't know if this is even the right way to go about this, of what I personally would do in this situation, as someone that is close to, to one of my parents, and I could, I feel like I could probably see this happening mm-hmm. in my family. <laughs> like, if, if the, the situation came around, I feel like it probably would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, is there any way... I don't know where they live in, in in like how close they are to you, but it's like maybe you should get to know this woman. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a reason. I'm obviously she wants all the money for herself, but and she's extremely greedy for her own family. Probably doesn't really give a hoot about your father. Yeah, but I mean, it could be that she's doing it for her family. Yeah, you know, like justifying it in that justifying way. Justifying it in that yeah. way. But like, is there any way for you to just get to know her? Yeah. To actually put the FaceTime in and and show her that you are human, that you are like that like bring your kids out there, mm-hmm. have them all be introduced, ha- spend some time out there, make your father fucking realize that his family loves him and that you have been there for him through everything, even when your brother and sister wouldn't back him up. But I think that now is the time to really make this apparent. That now that he's so mad at you about everything, he needs some up slap. Yeah. He needs to remember who was important to him in his life. He needs to remember his entire family that is now on the line because it sounds like you're the last of it. Mm-hmm. And you love him. You stuck by him. I, I think that now is a time to actually go to him and be like, hey, talk to me. Look at me in the eyes and I want to talk about this without her there and I bet that she won't let you be alone with him because it sounds like she's that kind of controlling person butter up yeah do whatever you can to make her like you because this woman's not going away no because she smells money and there's nothing really you can do legally except for not allow him to do it but I feel like there's going to be other ways around this shit yeah because it sounds like it's just driving a huge because if, you know, you're a co-signer on his entire estate, so, yeah, he can't do anything without your say-so. But there's a reason why he did that. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, is, like, <laughs> yeah, remember, is. he needs to be reminded, why did he do it in the first place? Yeah, that's what you gotta remind him, because it, it's it's something, he obviously knew that there was something in his character that... This sort of thing might happen someday. I mean, it happens. It's like the thing is that like, people lose themselves in relationships all the time. doesn't matter how fucking old you are. He's lost himself. And I think also looking at him in a situation of like, remember him as just a person and not just your dad. He's lost himself to this woman yeah. who is really good at manipulating him. And that can happen at any age. And to anybody. Anybody. And it's just especially working with someone who seems like has done this in the past. She knows exactly what to say. Exactly, She even amped it up in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like she went from like trying to get him to sell everything. That didn't work. So now it's like, okay, well, when he dies, then I'll get everything. Mm-hmm. Because she fucking knows what she's doing, man. Yeah. Can't trust the banshee. Got to get <laughs> to know the banshee. Yes. That's the- how you out trick him, man. Yeah, that's how you do it, man. You really get under her skin and make her... Because t- she doesn't sound like a sociopath. No. Like She doesn't sound like anything like that. I mean, she obviously has some... She's trying to get money for 
her family uh, at the expense of her husband's family. Or actually, they're not even married, it sounds like. I no, don't it think sounds, it, I don't think it said anything about It says about nothing marriage. about marriage. Yeah, yeah, they're not married at all. Yeah, they're just dating. Uh, and that whole fucking screaming, yelling in the background while talking to him, it's like, you're just saying, like, it's that's got to be so frustrating. And I, and I really feel for you on this, man. Like, this has got to be an extremely frustrating situation, especially when you're just trying to get him to come out uh, to a kid's birthday. Uh, and I wouldn't say, like, ask her to, you know, say, like, hey, why don't you bring her along? Because then she's just going to ruin your kid's birthday. Of course. She's just going to be a total fucking nightmare the entire time. And, you know, and you don't want that. You don't need that to be a part of your kid's birthday. It needs to be about them. And you also, you can't use a kid as, like, a bargaining chip. Or, or you can't use a kid that way. It's like, well, I'll just use this occasion to... Uh, you know, to try to try this experiment, you got to do it outside of that. But also, I don't think that you should try and get her out of her her zone, her territory. It seems mm-hmm. like she's not the kind of person that wants to be in your territory. She doesn't want to be in a place that she feels threatened in. So you go to the place where she's gonna feel safe. It's like going to talk to a spider. <laughs> you know, go to the the web. Mm-hmm. Make sure you got your suction cups because you don't want to get stuck. <laughs> but it's like if you if you're pawing around on the web and then you're able to talk to her, maybe you can like reason with her. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously she's a parent; she must have something inside of her. Yeah, and that also it's really easy to build up a hatred against family that you're not that close to when she also could be on the opposite end of being like. They never supported you. They never trusted you. Yada yada, and like worm tonguing your father into thinking all these things. Mm-hmm. So if there's a way to get him off to the side, do it mm-hmm. in any way possible. Go fucking fishing. Go do something where she can't go or doesn't want to go. Yeah, and I don't know if you should frame it as in like why is Grant why is Grankins deserve to inherit nothing from him? It's like why the biggest the bigger question is. Why is he suddenly changing over to this other woman's, you know, grandkids? Like uh, this other woman's family. Like, why is he suddenly changing allegiances at the end of his life? And denouncing his own family. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's so much more to, to family than money. And money, of course, is something that will fucking rip families apart. Yep. It'll rip families apart. It'll rip friends apart and all that. But it also speaks to some sort of, like, things like this speak to some sort of, like, underlying problem. Yeah, you know, like, it, there's something else going on here. And you need to get to the bottom of what that something else is. It's very bizarre. Uh, but and it sucks a lot. Yeah. I think that it, I think it can be worked on though. Mm-hmm. The problem is getting your dad back. Yeah, mentally and just and a, emotionally. And Jackie mentioned it earlier, and I think it's extremely important to remember that he is a dude. He's, he's a, just person. a person. Yeah, he's just a, he's not just your dad. He's also a person completely independent from you and your relationship. There's something else going on. It's a, that's one of the hardest things in life when you grow up and become an adult. Uh, it's it's a hard thing to realize, but it's also something that you notice as you grow older is that your parents are also people. Uh, they're not just they're not these godlike beings that they seem to be when you're a kid. They're not these uh, you know people that know everything and always know the right answer. Like you grow up and you realize that these people are just people, just like you. 
and so try to put yourself in his shoes a little bit and see if that helps you to understand what he's going through at this point. It's very strange stuff, but you can do it. Uh, and I think the biggest thing right now is trying to salvage the relationship uh, with your father. And, and also making it clear that it's not about the money. It, yeah. it, I mean, it's just like, what's going on? Yeah. I'm worried about you. I think also approaching it in that way of like, I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. I just, uh, I want to know what's going on. Yeah. 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 And it's like, why aren't you coming around anymore? Like, yeah. Why, what's, what's going on with that? Why is she taking over your entire life? So there's a lot of ground to cover here, and it's going to be a long process. This isn't going to be something that it gets taken care of uh, immediately with one visit. This is going to take a little while. And another thing to, uh, to think about is it's possible that you might have to let him go. If he is in this new relationship and if he wants to be caught by this spider woman then and if he's happy in that relationship maybe let him be yeah i would say though don't co-sign on anything no <laughs> i mean that, but that's the problem it's like that's that's the worst part about money in families is that it gets to that point where it's like okay you've given up on us and you've denounce us for some reason so you get spiteful right back mm -hmm. but there i feel like but we're all animals in the end you know it's like yeah, yeah i i would i wouldn't i wouldn't co-sign anything then well the biggest thing about the co-signing is that you're right she would burn through all of his assets in it would be gone about a year. so fucking it would fast be gone. also it's and then dumb and it's then maturing what are you what you fucking talking about yeah and then after all that money's gone all those assets are gone where the fuck do you think they're going to come for help yeah. And also, or what fucking door is she going to run out of so fast so she can go find somebody else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She'll burn through all of his money, and then your dad's going to be left with nothing, and, and maybe you'll if, have to take care of yeah, him. Yeah. And maybe if this does, if if you guys can't figure things out, if he decides to side with her and you don't co-sign with things, maybe he'll figure out in time that this wasn't worth it. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's just something that's going to come with time and and shitty events. But it also sounds like, I mean, I think that in dating younger women for such a long time, I he probably thought that he owned the manipulation game and relationships mm. for a really long time. Yeah. So he probably doesn't even think that he's being manipulated in this situation. But he obviously hit an age where he didn't want to do the manipulating anymore. And that's not what, like, it's like, obviously with this woman, it's not the fact that, like, oh, no, I'm dating women my age now. It's like, no, it sounds like he just wanted it to be easier, and he didn't want to yeah. have to pull the weight anymore. The game got old. Yeah, which it does. And now he's getting played, man. Yeah. Yeah, end the game, dude. <laughs> end the fucking you got game. In that game, because your dad does not know the rules. Oh nah, man, no. He's a, there's a whole new game being played, and he's not playing the player. Keep dating the 21 year old, <laughs> man. That's what he's good at. <laughs> Obvi obviously, obviously, it's what he's good at. It sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well All let's right. let's get to our let's get to our next letter. You you know what you're doing. You'll get there, man. All right. Yeah, man, we had a spring chicken episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice and light and a little bit lemony. 
<laughs> uh, do you have one more thing do you want to yell about at the end but they- what about it? It's the sugar? It's the fucking sugar. That's the problem with everybody. It's the fucking sugar. Go on Netflix. Watch Fed Up. It's a documentary. I wasn't allowed to yell about it earlier. I was allowed to yell it about the very end of the episode. Is that the reason why we're all fat and why everyone is unhappy is the sugar. It's not that you're not exercising enough. It's not. It's what they're putting in all the food. And all the drinks and everything you put into you, it is fake sugar. It's making us fat. <laughs> so if everyone wants to get thin the way I do. Let's stop eating sugar, baby. It's a sugar. Watch Fed Up. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how we could have stretched that out to like, you know, 20 minutes. It's the sugar. <laughs> don't eat the sugar. I am doing this right now. I'm drinking a gin and soda. Mm. No sugar. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, not me, not a whiskey girl anymore, cutting the sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still yeah. drinking in the afternoon. But still afternoon, still day drinking. Cutting the sugar, mm. baby, I'm it's still, the sugar. I'm fucking still going Bud Light, yeah. Bud Light. Can't drink the beer, it's the sugar. I know this is the sugar. I know you love the sugar. I love the sugar. Well, everybody think about it. Fucking think about it. CaveComedyRadio at gmail.com if you want to email us. Goodbye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com.